Hey, Chandler. Thanks for joining me today. How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. Absolutely. So tell, tell us a little, for the people in Tarrant County that haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, tell us a little about yourself. A little about me. You. Well, I am uh, six foot three and handsome. No. <laughs> Tall, blonde, handsome. No, uh, my, I've been married since... Uh, 2006 to my wife, Megan, and we've got three kids. I live here in North Fort Worth, and uh, I'm a real estate broker. I've been a real estate broker since 2002, and uh, in uh, 2017, I hit the reset button in my company and started looking for ways to serve the local community, and uh, that's when I ran across property taxes, the scandalous, seedy <laughs> world of property taxes, and that's, yeah, I could just going from there but yeah that's a little bit about me so tell us how you've gotten this deep in the scandalous world of property taxes how i've gotten this deep it was one little step at a time and uh it was i you know i started by looking for a way to serve the local community and i was really i was helping girl scouts do this and that or help serve a subdivision a community and i mean just looking for anything and then uh, i saw somebody post online saying that they had a, uh, uh, a question about how to protest their property taxes. And so um, I answered the question and then one question turned into another. And so I realized this is an area people really need help in. <clears throat> so I started helping people um, by providing comparable sales, which is just evidence for their protest. Right. So they could go off and protest on their own. And um, I, it, it just started to balloon, so I made a video to explain to people the process of how to protest, and um, people would take the information, and then they would go and do nothing with it, or they would fail at the protest, and I said, you know what, we need to step it up a notch, and um, I decided to just start protesting for people and represent them in a full-service capacity, just like a lot of property tax consultants do, and uh, most tax consultants will charge like 50% of what they save somebody. I decided to just do it for free as a community service. And uh, you know, first year I helped about 1,700 people and uh, didn't get much sleep. And uh, then you know, fast forward to 2022 and I, I helped 28,000 people this past year. And uh, I protest more than the next five guys combined. And uh, one thing's led to another. It's just been a wild journey. I, I was not happy just helping someone and realizing that I was going to have to protest for them again the next year. I started to become aware of the problems in the system, and so um, I, I decided I wanted to try and solve these problems permanently. And so I, I turned to uh, my local state representative at the time. His name it, it was Matt Krause at the time, and I said, "Hey, Matt, here's it, we we got to know each other because our, our kids were in a like a." Uh, a, a mom's group or something, you know? And so I saw him at the kids' birthday parties and I just said, hey, Matt, I'm, I'm helping a lot of people with property taxes. He had heard about what I was doing and he, he invited me to lunch and I showed him the problems that I've identified and some solutions. And he said, you know, Chandler, I, I agree with you and I would love to help solve some of these. How about we start writing some legislation on this stuff? And um, when you know it, like, you know, fast forward six months and he had me in touch with his legislative staff and he just said, hey, tell them what you want in the bills. And um, as long as it lines up underneath this umbrella, solves these problems, then I'm going to sign on and let's get this thing done. And so, 
gosh, I don't know. I can just keep uh, going. The story just, it goes on and on and on, and it just. <laughs> but, but yeah. no, it's interesting. It's interesting for people to know how you got here, and it's it's great that Matt Krause was such a help to you. I, I miss him. He He's helped on multiple things. Again, things that are good for the community. Mm-hmm. And you talk about 28,000 people mm-hmm. you helped mm-hmm. last year. Last year, yeah. But about 90,000 altogether. Holy. <laughs> so you haven't slept since 2017. Is what you're <laughs> I've got a lot more gray hair. I've aged like a two term president, you know? I understand. I understand. Yeah. This- so, Chandler, if I could ask you sure. a question. So, can you explain why there's a difference between the tax appraisal value and the regular value of a home and what it sells for? and why that's important and why those are different. I can tell you all about it. <laughs> well, and really, you know, this is, as soon as I start answering one question, it, it gets deep I and understand. gets nerdy and gets confusing. And, um, you know, inside property tax, the property tax world, I could give you five different values that, people call a value for your home, right. a taxable value, an appraised value, a market value, uh, an indicated value for market. And I mean, it just goes on and on and it gets complicated and that's part of the problem. But I would say just on the surface, if I just try and simplify everything, um, the, the appraisal district and the property tax code in Texas, they have redefined these terms and they have their own rules, their own laws of physics kind of, you know, where their own definitions they re they redefine these words so when the average person recognizes that that the value of their home according to the appraisal district has gone up so much then they go into protest thinking that they under they, they could just make some common sense uh, you know conclusions and bring in what's <laughs> what makes sense to them then they get blindsided because they don't know what all this mumbo jumbo is it there's something called a neighborhood code that is something that nobody uses outside the appraisal district. There's something called the effective year built where they can take um, a house built in the 1950s and compare it to a house that was, uh, you know, compare it to houses that are built in like 2013. And I'm not even kidding. It's kind of (laughs) like... I'm familiar with the water district, so I know you're not kidding. You can't make this up. I got got a joke I'm dying to mention. I just figured this out. How to explain this. So when you've got a house that was built in 1950 and you're comparing it to houses that were uh, built in 2013 because what they do is they say, well, the effective year of that 1950s house is 2013 because they completely remodeled the house. It's the, the best picture. I wish I could show you a picture right now. Have you seen Madonna lately? <laughs> you see the way she looks? Yes. They, they Madonna the... <laughs> These houses, it's like, wait a second, it, you're, you cannot change, like, you can change the exterior, but we all know that's, something's not right here, and, and that's kind of what goes on at the appraisal so, Thanks for giving Max, me off. Thanks for letting me tell the Madonna joke. You'll insert the Madonna picture. Oh, yeah, right it, it's already there. Yeah, yeah you got it's that taken another care world. of. That, and that's the, the appraisal district is like another world, and it's not fair to the consumer. It's a completely unfair process. The appraisal district is tasked with carrying out this sin against humanity, um, but by and large, there's 200 employees at our local appraisal district here in Tarrant County, and 
Um, the vast majority of those people are good people doing, doing what the flawed tax code yeah. says they have to do, and um, they get it's a thankless job, uh, and and we all kind of get screwed because of it. And it's not just that; it's the the problems in the tax code run deep, and they go far and beyond the appraisal district. Um, but you know, I've got problems that are maybe a little bit beyond what most people have experienced. So it's just it's just crazy. Well, once you did 28000 and that pissed them off, correct? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not their favorite guy, <laughs> to say the least. I have not made their life easier. So tell me what happened after you pissed them off. Well, so it really comes back to the legislation that we helped get passed. And um, you, you got to understand, before I start dogging people by name, which I'm going to do here in just a second. Bring it. Um, but... I, by and large, unless somebody just comes out and attacks me, right. I am not interested in fighting. I will go to somebody one-on-one without, you know, recording, and I'll say, hey, I've got a problem with the way things are going, and here's what it is, and so let's work together to solve the problem. And when it becomes clear that problem's not going to get solved, if it's a government-related problem, to me, that has public interest, so then I will drag it out into the public square, and we'll deal with it in the court of public opinion, because... <laughs> That's the only way you can find justice in a lot of this stuff because there's no accountability within the appraisal district system by and large. There's some that's supposed to be there. We're just not finding it. All right. So you're preaching to the choir, but I do want you to educate. So I'll, I'll inform about what is going on. So yes, educate me because I have no clue. I'm going to educate you right now. I love it. So, um, Back in 2019, when I was working with uh, Representative Krause at the time to pass this legislation, one of the bills that we got passed made it illegal for someone serving at a taxing entity to simultaneously serve as an employee of the appraisal district. It's an obvious conflict of interest. Everybody knew it for a long time. It's just there wasn't a law passed that made that illegal. So at the time, you had a guy named Randy Armstrong, who was the, um, he's the, He's like the second in command at the appraisal district. He was the director of all the residential appraisals. So the guy that's ultimately responsible for our home values, he was the school board president for White Settlement ISD. Well, after that law got passed, he decided, he did not ever break the law, but he, as soon as that law came into effect, he stepped down from his school district position, and um, that was part of what made him mad. And at around that time in 2019, he wrote me and I, I, I was about to come out and start talking about how rigged this election system is with the appraisal district board of directors. Because we'll, we'll get to that too, because yeah. people don't know how that works. It's and you know we can explain it, and, and some of it's confusing. I'll try. I'll do my best to simplify it. But ultimately, the board of directors is the ultimate authority that oversees the appraisal district. They are supposed to hold the appraisal district accountable. Okay, so, but the deal is, is the people that serve on that board, they're elected by the taxing entities. So at that time, you had White Settlement ISD nominating all of the incumbents that were on the board so that they get re-nominated, re-elected, and very few taxing entities would participate in this election. And so they, he was helping to basically pick and choose who his boss was. And they were protecting this, their employment and whatever secrets they have. And they went to great lengths to make sure that they didn't, these seats didn't change. So whenever we started disrupting this, the, some other laws that we got passed, it 
messed with the fabric of this election process because it was totally rigged before. Now it's a little bit better, um, thanks to Matt Krause. And by the way, he, when he was passing these bills, uh, he wasn't doing it for political gain. He was doing, doing it for what's right. And that's what I like about you and a lot of the guests you're going to have. This is a common thing that you're going to see. This isn't left versus right, Democrat versus Republican. This is we the people protecting our rights against those in, in, in positions of authority. And it's been a beautiful thing to see in your situation, my situation, a lot of the people. It's like these people come together and folks from all different walks stand together and say, you know what, we're not going to take this crap anymore and we're going to stand up and you cannot trample on our rights. Or if you do, right, you're going to have to go through me. And so that's kind of what's happened. All right, so where did I leave off the story? Uh, Randy emailed you. Randy emailed and said... Chan, I, I, I was going to go start saying some stuff publicly and, and kind of give my rebuttal for different things going on. And so I, I approached him in private and sent him an email and said, hey, before I do this, I've seen that you're quoted in the newspaper saying X, Y, and Z. Would you like to give me your side of the story? And he said, absolutely, I would like to. And he wrote me this long email that was very emotionally charged. And it said in the email, we all reap what we sow. I'm going to leave this to your conscience. And he has a list of alleged violations that he had already started compiling at that time. And basically, you know, signing off with, we all reap what we sow. He's basically saying, you know, your day's coming, pal. Like, watch out. And then it took until 20, uh, October of 2021, Randy decided to start filing complaints against my license at the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation. And so he began doing that. And I found out when the investigator called me and the investigator well, actually, I got a letter in the mail. It was the 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 person who filed the complaint was redacted off the complaint, which I thought was weird. <laughs> but when I pressed and I said who filed this complaint, they let me know it was the Tarrant Appraisal District. Okay, it wasn't until much later that I found out it was actually Randy Armstrong who signed the complaint, but he signed it in the name of the Tarrant Appraisal District using his title, using his return letterhead. Yeah, the letterhead, the appraisal district address. And it was very clear it was done in his professional capacity using company time and all sorts of stuff. So um, anyway, I, whenever I found out about it, I emailed the chief appraiser, Jeff Law, who at that time I had a good relationship with him. In fact, Jeff Law helped review some of that legislation before we got it passed. And he gave me good feedback. We got some of his bullet points put into the bill and like we were on good terms. So I, I thought, you know what, this, the complaint seems so crazy and emotional. I just thought there's no way it's legit. I'm going to bring it to Jeff Law. He's going to figure, he, we're going to squash this thing immediately. It'll never see the light of day. I can go about my business protesting for people. And, um, and he did nothing. Uh, he didn't know about the complaint initially, Prior. but I made him aware of it. And then that was in November. Well, Randy went ahead and filed a more, another complaint in December. So after Jeff Law became aware... Randy continued filing complaints. Jeff Law didn't do anything about it. Nobody did anything about it until um, <clears throat> a guy named, uh, oh, with the Texas scorecard, wasn't it? Robert Montoya. Robert. He, he caught wind of this thing, and, and uh, he came to me and said, hey, will you give me some information about this? I said, no, I'm not interested in bringing this out into public. I've got a full plate. Do it on your own. He went and filed open records requests and, and, and called me one day and said, Chandler, my open records request came back. I'm looking at the full details of this complaint, and he doesn't know anything. It's confusing. So he just said, Chandler, it does not look good. Um, he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. 
I want to say a prayer with you right now, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to suggest you call an attorney. And I'm like, dude, first of all, thank you, but what? You know, and like mm-hmm. freaking out. So that was on like May the 10th. Um, on May the 12th, I had, I had secured, oh gosh, I could bunny trail this a little bit. Let me tell you. Tell me. Well, the story kind of gets complicated. I'll, I'll, I don't know if we have time for the whole thing, but I'll go ahead and tell you. So <clears throat> I got a, a referral for an attorney. The guy that referred the attorney to me, his name is Jamie O'Day. Okay? Here you I'm dropping names. He gave me the referral for the attorney. Um, turns out, this attorney, his name is Frank Hill. If you Google Frank Hill, you can see he has sued local governments and kicked some major butt. Mm-hmm. Anybody in local government knows who he is if you've been around for any amount of time. And if, if Frank Hill comes calling... You're like, this is not good. <laughs> Run. This is not good. So that's the attorney, the attorney recommendation I got. Um, we drafted a letter, emailed it to the board. I was at the board meeting on May the 13th, and, and the letter and what I said to them publicly was just, hey, guys, there's a problem. There are complaints that are filed here, and I'm just making you aware of this. I'm sure that you guys are going to help resolve this whole thing. And it's the ball's rolling. I can't stop it. But let's just talk and resolve this thing as much as we can before it comes out in the press. Basically, is what I told. And I was kind of, you know, they had to read between the lines a little bit. But I'm just letting them know. Mm-hmm. And the only person that reached out to me after that board meeting was Rich Diot. He's currently sitting on the board at the appraisal district. And this is why it's important to, no matter how much you hate politicians. Uh, we stand no hope, no hope to change if we don't have good people stand up, willing to serve in office and run and become part of that crowd that we all hate and fight from the inside. And that's what Richard Diaz is doing. He's standing up for us, the people. And he said, Chandler, he, he kind of had the same approach that um, uh, Robert Montoya had, the journalist had. He said, hey, Chandler, uh, you're telling me about this stuff. I need to know what's going on because... Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good, and quite frankly, I'm concerned. And he was kind of grilling me. And I did not have a relationship with him before this beyond property tax. Right. But so that's kind of the context. Anyway, so uh, at every turn, the appraisal district made bad decisions. It's kind of like if you just give them enough rope, they hang themselves. Yes. That's that. <laughs> yes. I told you, they were following in another government agency's footsteps. So. Yeah, the, 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 what, the water board, yes. they, they showed them the, how, to, how to screw things up really well. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, so And they, the complaint was basically because you were helping people, right? Well, it, it, nobody cares. Because you, you weren't making profits off I don't, protesting. I don't, I, I've never once sent anybody an invoice for protesting in 90,000 protests. I have had some people donate, um, but that's there's no strings attached. I'm helping people free of charge. Um, now, I could not fund what I'm doing if people don't come back and buy a house through me. That's how right. I fund this. this. What I'm doing is extremely expensive. I can't stress that enough. It's not free. It's just free to, I don't, I'm not making anybody else pay. Right. Um, but as the deeper I get, the, more, the bigger I realize this problem is. I've got to I've got to get funding from somewhere, and it's growing huge. So, but the way that I fund this is people uh, see what we're doing. They kind of like get a sample of what we provide and get an idea of who we are, and they come back and buy buy or sell a house. Hire, hire our team of of uh, realtors to help them, and that's how we fund it. So, and I, and I make no 
uh, uh, you know, I don't beat around the bush. And when you sign up for my protest, it says it very blatantly. I say it just like that. And I let everybody know. And I also say, if you're not planning to buy or sell, it's totally okay. If you can't afford this protest, then you don't have to pay me anything. I'll do it for free. So, um, how are how are the board of directors elected? We can't. You kind of touched on the white settlement, but people don't understand. I got a text the other day that says, "How do I vote for these people?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> you don't specifically." Right. And that's part of the problem is that when you have a government worker that's not accountable to the people, they have job security, right. and it's just human nature. You don't. If you have no threat or incentive, no carrot or stick, then why should you care? And, and some people really need oh, to Oh, that, really that never to. happens. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. never happens yeah. in government. Let's, right. let, let's you know, be, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. never happens. Yeah. Uh, so cities and school districts, they, they vote. Right. And, and we can just, taxing entities. So that includes cities, school districts, uh, the Tarrant County, or the County Commissioner Court, the county itself. Uh, and then you have some special taxing entities like here we have... Um, Tarrant County College receives public funding, and, and so they get some votes. Anybody that has property value that, that they generate tax revenue from, the appraisal district will appraise that property. And so since they, they basically hire the appraisal district to appraise that property so they can generate property tax revenue, so they get a say on who is on that board. So the people don't get to vote. All we can do as people, well, there's a, there are a handful of things. Number one, find out when the election is and make sure that your city council person, your school board trustees, they, they you need to make sure they know when the vote is. Right now in Tarrant County, uh, it's this year. There's going to be a nomination phase. It'll happen starting in about September. And then um, I think that the actual voting phase happens from October to December. There's two phases. You, you, they, they all nominate, then they vote. And... Um, so you, you need to make sure, like a lot of these people don't know that the election even happens. In fact, the appraisal district, a lot of times they don't even have good email addresses for these people because, you know, elections come and people, the, the seats overturn, the email addresses don't overturn, but, right. but they, don't, they don't update the email in their system. So, um, so you're going to let us know when that's sure, happening. Yeah. So well, that now, I'm telling you right now, that's, that's when it is. But it's, here's, if you are, okay, number one, People need to know that we're watching. That helps a whole lot. The fact that you have me on this podcast and we're able to talk about it a little bit brings it out into the sunlight, and that's a huge thing. Um, but then if we can get a city council person to listen and actually follow instructions, here's what they need to do. When the city council or the, or the school board goes to vote, they're going to get a chunk of votes, and those votes are going to be proportionate to how big the taxing entity is. I'm simplifying it, but that's basically right. it. Um, so they could have 50 votes or they could have 500 votes. It just depends on how big it is. Fort Worth and the city of Fort Worth, Fort Worth IZ, they got a ton of votes, okay? They can take those votes and divide them up five different ways because there are five seats that they get to vote on. Okay. And, and they can break those, they can put all their votes towards one candidate or break it up among five. Here's what I would recommend. They need to pick five candidates and at least take one vote and vote for each candidate, vote for their top five candidates. Then they can take the rest of their votes and dogpile them on one, okay, for the one they actually want to win, all right? What it does is that one vote gives them the authority 
to trigger a recall election. So if they don't like what's going on, vote, place one vote for your enemy, for four of your enemies, and then pick out your friend. <laughs> and what that does, that, that gives them the authority to trigger recall. So um, it just, it helps to balance the power structure a little bit so we can provide a little bit more accountability. It, but they're never going to know to do this if the citizens don't pipe up and t- help make sure that, that the elected officials that get to place those votes, they, they need to know that we're watching and we care. Okay. So, yeah. so you brought up recall. So recall. Kind of explain to us how that came about. Well, so here's oh my gosh, this story just gets so crazy. <laughs> we've got we've got uh, I, I, death, jail, bribery. We got I mean it's China. We could just go all over the place. All right. So let me just kind of try and back up in the story a bit and explain a couple things if you don't so, mind. Yes, no, absolutely. Okay, so they filed, the, Rainier Armstrong filed these complaints. I warned the board. The board did nothing. June 10th, there was a board meeting where I showed up with a stack of papers. I had the complaint. I had all the information. And that board sat there and for 10 minutes tried to brainstorm right in front of me, right in front of everybody. They were brainstorming, how can we keep this silent? How can we keep from having to address this? They're like, should we handle it in executive session? Is there a threat of lawsuit here? We got an attorney left. Maybe we need to seal it all up. And they were kicking this around, all while maintaining that they had never seen the complaint. They didn't know anything about it. It was total BS. It was so crazy. And it was infuriating. And I was sitting like 10 feet away from them. I'm sitting there looking them in the eye and I'm holding this stack of paper. I'm just like, whatever. So finally, I just start raising my hand. I'm looking at them just like this. Then... Good guy on the board, Rich Diot. He said, you know what? Chandler's involved in this situation. His name is on the agenda because it was talking about the letter from Chandler Crouch's attorney or something. They said, so it looks like he has something to say. Chandler, what do you have to say? And I'm like, look at my chest. I'm like, baby, you're about to open a can of worms that is not going to be put back in that can. It's going to be crazy. So I just, I, 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 um, I had all the documentation. I said, the Tarrant Appraisal District filed this complaint against me, and here's the proof. And, they're like, and I said, do you want me to hand it out? And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, here you go. And they're like, <laughs> you can see the video. It's, it's If you just Google government silence Chandler Crouch, it's it's right there. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, anyway. So is this the one everyone attended? <clears throat> no. Okay. This is one. This happened before it became public. Okay. This was me get, doing them the favor of trying to make give them the information they need right. before it comes out. I didn't tell anybody at this point. Okay. Um, and I told, I, I talked to Jeff Law one-on-one. I said, I'm not going to say this stuff publicly until the first article is written. As soon as it drops, I'm going to come out and I'm going to defend myself as aggressively as I possibly Absolutely. can. And I don't think that they understood what that entailed because the, the, uh, it hit the first news. We had two newspaper articles drop on June 17th. One was Ed Brown, Fort Worth Weekly. Yes. We're going to have Ed. I was going to say, he's a good guy. We'll probably have Robert Montoya on And too. Robert Montoya was the other yes. one. They both. Yeah. So then everything started exploding. Every news station in town uh, got a hold of it. I sent an email to my email list, which is pretty sizable. Um, and it just, I posted on Facebook and it just blew up. June 30th, they had a meeting to address this issue. And uh, like th- over 300 people showed up at the appraisal district. Great saying, you guys better shape up or ship out. And uh, wouldn't you know they didn't listen? You know what they did? Locked you out. They locked everybody out. (laughs) Public meeting, public building, lock the doors. 300 people sitting outside in triple-digit heat, 
no accommodations made for handicapped, elderly, elderly. Yep. and they claimed that they had no clue it was, uh, that there was going to be a crowd that size, but yet they had, you know, they knew. that Many might not have known, just like they didn't, yeah, they, they knew on some level. But um, anyway, it was a complete disaster. Every news station in town was there. Um, fast forward, let's say that was, <clears throat> August was, okay, sorry. At that board meeting, they said, okay, we're going to do an internal investigation to figure out what our guys did wrong. So they hire, they cherry pick, hire their own attorney. <laughs> we're going to investigate ourselves. Again, I've been to this show. Yeah, you have. I right? have. And they did, they did their investigation. On August the 12th, they scheduled another board meeting. They didn't, they said that they're going to reveal the results of their internal investigation on August the 12th. But when they came out with their first agenda, it was nowhere to be found on the agenda. So I sent an email, everybody went completely bananas. Then they found, they put it on the agenda. We had the August 12th board meeting and um, every news station in town again showed up. This time, five people from Oklahoma, we didn't know at the time they were from Oklahoma, they drove down and they sat in that meeting and they publicly accused, falsely accused me of committing crimes, making outbursts while I was, I, only while I was talking did they make outbursts, and they looked like a whole bunch of homeless people or crackheads that they just put a clean pair of clothes on, and I'm just thinking, what is going on? And in that meeting, you had uh, Jamie O'Day and a guy named Tracy Stanley stand up, make public comments, uh, falsely accusing me of crimes, and um, and that starts another chapter in this whole thing. And so it's, the the Jamie O'Day referred the attorney. We were buddies at that time. He was cozying up. He we were we talked regularly. And then at that board meeting, he came out as my enemy. And I'm like, it's crazy. He had offered to pay for my attorney fees, all sorts of crazy stuff. And then he flipped on me. I'm wondering. And we had all these other people show up saying almost the same thing he was saying, falsely accusing me of forging signatures on this on the on the government documents. And uh, uh, and I'm, I was like, wait a second. I've never, I can't think, it, it had been years since anybody had had a complaint regarding a document, that, that specific right. document, okay? Been years, and it's very seldom that any kind of confusion would come from that. Right. Nobody has a reason to be confused. We're super, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard to be confused from it. But then all of a sudden, months after the protest season had ended, all these people had a similar complaint like this, and I'm thinking, something's going on. This is fishy. And all of a sudden, he switched his tune. I'm thinking, what's going on behind the scenes? Well, in that meeting, one of the dis disruptive people, they were he was causing problems, accusing me of crimes while I'm talking. And, oh, crap, I forgot an important part of the story. Okay. Man, this is just too complicated. <laughs> it just is. Okay, well, we'll have to have you I gotta, back. Yeah, okay, I got to back up. I got to tell you a little something. There, you know that June 10th board meeting? It wasn't public knowledge. Well, some there was a guy named Manuel Mata who okay. live-streamed I thought that. you were going to say Thomas, but okay. Thomas was there, too. Yeah. Thomas is dead now. But Manuel Mata live-streamed yes. that meeting. <clears throat> then, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got to leave parts out or we're just never going to get to the punchline. At the August 12th meeting, Manuel Mata was invited into that meeting and invited to stand in a, in a square, in a square right. outlined in blue tape. And Thomas passed away. He's, Thomas is an awesome dude. Fabulous. Incredible. He, he was walking around. It was 45 minutes before the meeting had started. 
And he was walking around just kind of trying to get a feel for the room. He wouldn't bother anybody because there's nobody in the room to bother except for one other guy that's kind of just minding his own business. Nobody cared. And uh, the security and the the, the guy in the meeting, the, the, one of Tad's employees came by and, and gave him warning and said, hey, if y'all don't go stand in that box, you're going to get kicked out. And they're like, wait a second. What's going on? Well, then without warning, they just said, all right, now you guys are kicked out of the meeting. Okay, and uh, they ushered him out. Uh, Manuel Mata had a cast on his arm, and he's like, get off of me, he made some kind of gesture. They thought he was taking a swing at him. They threw him to the ground, cuffed him, hauled him away. That happened the morning of that meeting. It's, it's freaking nuts. There's um, video for that too, Max. You can... Yeah, there's some video for that. Um, so anyway, um, we had that meeting. Uh, at that meeting, they released a summary report of their internal investigation, of course, whitewashing the whole thing. But here's, here, here's a crazy turn of events. The day before that meeting, the investigation against me, the, the state agency, Texas Department of Licensing and Regulations, they concluded their state investigation the day before that meeting. And, and so it concluded, then the next day I got to bring the letter saying that I was exonerated. And, and in the letter, it said that there was no evidence of wrongdoing. And I got to bring that to a meeting. And I just think, if you don't believe in God, like things like that happen all the Absolutely. time. And it's like, this is, this is how God works. It's just, this is a, a wild, wild thing. And so anyway, came to the meeting, falsely getting accused. I showed the letter, said, I'm, I'm innocent. They produced this document, basically casting doubt as to whether I did something wrong again. And um, what, it was complete... Um, Debacle. It was just, uh, I don't know, S show, whatever. Poop, poop <laughs> That's show. exactly where I was going <laughs> yeah. in my head. All right. So that kind of died down. It was all over the news. Then in November, there was another, the, it was the next board meeting three months later, the last 15 minutes of the meeting, the good guy on the board, Rich Diot, he said, hey, I've got an announcement. We're talk we need to talk about what agenda items to put on the next agenda, but I wasn't afforded the opportunity to get a couple things on this agenda like I had requested. And one of the things that I wanted to do was to meet in executive session to talk about this report, this investigative report that they did internally. And he said, and I I I, I regret that. I wish that I had the opportunity to do this behind closed doors. Wasn't given the opportunity. So here we are. Publicly, I'm gonna declare right now, I've already checked with my attorney. And he said that I had the authority to mention the presence of this report that they were trying to keep secret. And, he, and Mr. Diot said, according to me, I'm reading this report, and it, I don't know how you can conclude anything other than this report demonstrates that criminal violations have been committed of official oppression and I want to suggest that we take this 40-page report that we've been keeping secret and, and send it over to the district attorney to have them investigate. And you can see the people on the board, like, shocked, like, oh, no, he's talking about this stuff out loud. And um, anyway, so after that, I was like, this is bull crap. There's crimes that are committed. All, we all knew there were, but now there's a document saying, showing, demonstrating these crimes, and they're trying to keep it secret. I was like, uh-uh. Chairman of the board, you got to go. I went to a city of Fort Worth, a uh, city of Keller, and I said, guys, there was a, it's an incredible city council. Mayor Mazzani and uh, uh, Ross uh, McMullen, Shannon Doverly, uh, uh, Jessica Juarez, these people that, that serve the citizens of Keller, 
do an incredible job. They had been reached out. They reached out to me months before saying, hey, man, what can we do to help? I didn't have anything for them to do to help until then. And then they said, well, let's evaluate the situation. They made the determination that they agreed to uh, vote to recall. They had the board meeting. They voted to recall uh, the Catherine Wildman, who's the chairwoman of that board. And then it went to the Tarrant County Commissioner Court. We have more good people on the board on uh, serving at the commissioner's court. You got Tim O'Hare, uh, Elisa Simmons, and Manny Ramirez all voted to recall the chairman of the board, chairwoman. Um, and so they got her recalled, and so that's kind of where we are today. So anyway, it's just crazy. There's this this story continues to this day. There's scandalous stuff that's going on. Um, more is going to come out, um, and it's just seedy and crazy. And and it's just it just is government corruption. Bureaucrats trying to hide stuff, taking advantage of their positions of authority at the expense of taxpayers. And uh, and if it wasn't for people like you supporting and bringing this stuff out into the end of the light, um, then we would all just be getting trampled on. So well, I appreciate that, but I am overly impressed with what you've done. And mm-hmm. again, how you you also point out this doesn't just affect Republicans. Mm-hmm. Or Democrats. This is all of us. Yeah. And if we don't fix it, we're all screwed. Yep. But my question is, on the recall... Mm. <clears throat> sorry. My question is, on the recall, so who replaces her? How do we do that? How that, does that happen? The, that's the next step. All the taxing entities that participated in the recall, they get to vote for the person to replace her. And really, it's going to be chosen by the Tarrant County Commissioner Court because they have the biggest voting block. And okay. so... My recommendation would be uh, the most fair and partial way to do it would be to look at the results of the last election. Um, you know, there's five people voted on the board. Well, the sixth person was voted by more than any taxing entity. They, I think there were 21 different taxing entities that voted for that sixth person. Uh, he, and and uh, uh, if they just give it to the next guy in line, then that seems like a way to represent or to, to honor the, the intentions of these taxing entities and make sure that the people get some kind of representation, albeit indirectly. But uh, that guy's name is Gary Lasada. He's a champion for the taxpayer. And uh, I, I hope that they take that objective way to, you know, to, to go about filling that seat. But they get to choose whoever they want. And how quickly is that done? I really don't know when they're going to put it on their agenda. I thought they would have done it by now, but um, the commissioner's court. I, Tim O'Hare means business. That mm-hmm. Whether you like him or not, um, he doesn't mince words, and he has come out publicly threatening uh, a lawsuit against the appraisal district because they were uh, just there were all sorts of yes, shenanigans involved in this this process. I mean, they were they tried to rig how the seat was going to get filled, and right. it was just dirty. Awesome. And he said, oh, "We're not going to have any of that." And uh, so put his foot down. And so hopefully. Um, Hopefully they just vote them in soon. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to be though. But reach out to the commissioner's court, uh, urge them to to vote for Gary Lasada, and uh, I don't know. Stay tuned for the next chapter in this scandalous. <laughs> we can definitely do yeah. that. And we, you had Tim O'Hare on Wolf and Shepherd, right? Yes. So we're gonna we're definitely gonna have Tim back on. Cool. I have a couple of questions. So what's happening? Jeff Law's retiring. No, Randy, Randy Armstrong, Armstrong is retiring. retiring. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one down? Uh, one down, sure. One out. We're not going to call him down. He's out. He's stepping out of the picture. I think that, um, you know, honestly, I don't really care that much. Um, I, I think it's good that he's not in that environment. I think that he added to a toxic environment up there. Um, 
Jeff Law is a very nice guy. People get along with him. I get along with him. I want to like him. Um, just a, some of the things that, you know, just struggles with um, keeping his facts straight. Let's just put it that way. Sometimes. And so, you know, whatever. Uh, I, it, I, I'm not interested in holding people accountable. Um, I, I'm interested in those that are supposed to hold them accountable doing their job. Um, and so if we have a fair and honest election system and people standing up for, for the citizens' rights, then um, that's, what that's what I'm interested in. Um, so voting their conscience and not, not trying to protect the status quo or whatever it is. They're, they're trying to hide something. It's obvious. They've, they've, put them, they've put themselves at great risk trying to, trying to finagle who's going to be on that board. And there's a reason why. And uh, I don't know. I hope we find out that reason. But uh, stay tuned. Yes. We'll see. You'll come back? Sure. I'll come back anytime. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Thank I'm super excited. I'm here. the first guest. You're the first guest. Awesome. This yes. is great. Well, very cool. Thank you so much. Thank it's truly you. an honor. Appreciate it.